Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Welcome everybody in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Good to have you here as the uh, Orange come off their second consecutive victory with a 78-point scoring output. On Sunday afternoon, yesterday in the Dome. Big weekend, really, when you think about Syracuse men's and women's lacrosse both won. Men's and women's basketball both won. Softball even got a couple of victories in its first three games of the season. Uh, Certainly under everybody's radar there. The uh, Syracuse women were down 21 in the first half yesterday at Wake Forest. Down 18 in the third quarter. Rallied to win. Caught uh, a little bit of that on the way home uh, from the uh, Orange men's game yesterday in the Dome beating Wake, and they remain here at home to take on North Carolina State in the Dome Wednesday night with a 9 o'clock start time. Looking forward to all of that. In the booth brought to you, as always, by CH Insurance and Burdick Toyota. We'll visit later in the show with Tom Wormy of uh, Raycom and the ACC Network. It is uh, hashtag Wormy Week. Tom is a uh, Syracuse alum from the class of uh, 1991, called the game yesterday on television and we'll have the uh, men's game Wednesday night with Dan Bonner who's been a uh, relatively recent uh, and frequent guest on the show and then Thursday night the Syracuse women in the dome against Duke so we'll visit with uh, Tom on all of that Virginia the new number one makes sense everybody lost it was a candidate you could go down to uh, say Michigan State or Xavier somebody in that neighborhood just because they didn't lose uh Virginia deserves a shot at number one. They've been among the best teams in the country all year. Had uh, won 15 in a row, 12-0 and in a very good conference, and then got clipped with all the emotion in front of a sellout in college game day on Saturday. So you certainly can't argue with the Cavaliers. We'll see how long they're able to maintain it. Their next game is tomorrow night against a Miami team that uh, Syracuse plays on the weekend. Orange have a Saturday road game in Miami, which uh, is fraught with peril in that situation. And uh, Miami's a good team. That'll be a tough one if the Orange could uh, to get that. Now you're really rolling. But yesterday got the victory, beating Wake Forest in a game that uh, was really a tale of two halves in a lot of ways. Syracuse led by 10 at the break, 31-21, scoring at a premium in the first half. And uh, we'll get into it with Coach Beheim's comments here in uh, in just a bit. Winter Olympics continues to be underway. We're not watching the Winter Olympics, or are we? No, I guess we're not watching the Winter Olympics. But uh, the uh, biathlon, a lot of fun. Guys skiing and shooting. I mean, what could possibly go wrong with that? And uh, good attitude among the uh, Winter Olympians. They uh, spend a lot of time in bad weather, so they're cool with that. I know some of the skiers are... Uh, hopping mad this week because of the uh, wind conditions have kind of thrown them off their game a little bit. But the uh, German who won the biathlon yesterday, tremendous attitude. He had not been a great regular season performer in the professional biathlon, which apparently is a really big deal on uh, German television. But uh, shot lights out yesterday and won. They said, hey, 
you got the next event tomorrow. What's your outlook for that? He says, you know what? I won gold today. T- tomorrow I'm just going to have fun. Good attitude. He, did, did you know that someone in this building was a biathlete that did the skiing and the shooting? A uh, female. I didn't. Yes. Uh, and I wouldn't know where to start guessing. One of the management, Mimi, Mimi from TK99 really? did that. Yeah, she was one of 36 women in the country doing it at one point. Wow. That's but, pretty cool. Yeah, that takes a lot of strength and stamina. Oh, and stamina, to, I would say more than anything, you've got to calm your heart rate and your breathing to be able to shoot anywhere remotely close to the target, let alone to drill down on the targets that they're shooting at. Well, she was saying at some points, if you miss the target, they send you back. Well, you, you do an extra sk- lap, yeah. Yeah, and you got to go ski it again and then go again, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty brutal. No, I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have known where to start guessing among the uh, staffers here that uh, was involved in an Olympic sport. I mean, maybe curling, but that doesn't take a ton of athleticism. Uh I will say this. I talked about last week the sports that I enjoy watching. and I enjoyed the biathlon and some of these others. I like the advancement, thank God, in uh, modern television. The graphics are better, et cetera. It makes it easier to follow. And the one whose time has come, and I'm kicking myself, it's one of the many great ideas that I wish I had thought of first. In this figure skating, I couldn't tell you whether, I don't know a toe loop from a sow cow from a, any kind of cow for that matter, but uh when you've got the uh, the green, yellow, and red lights that show whether they executed the maneuver, uh, whether they blew it, you pretty much can tell when they blew it, or whether they you know got it right but but a little bit of a downgrade, they're putting that up there now. So if they've got let's say eight or ten uh, compulsory uh, tricks that they've got to execute, then you can count up the dots. They got you know six green dots and two yellows, and that gives you a little bit of a feel for uh, how well they're doing it without completely watching for the uh, total wipeout, which has happened a couple of times. And you feel for those people for the amount of time they've trained and unable to uh, answer the bell on uh, the world's biggest stage. So uh, enjoying the Olympics, watching that uh, progress, which we had a little more time to spend to watch it. The whole time zone thing, the the fact that it's so far off kind of ruins it a little bit. I don't know what I'm watching when you, you sit down to watch in prime time. Is this the thing I already read about on Twitter? Is it not? Is it different? Is it a different discipline? Is there something still to be uh, decided here? And and uh, so that kind of loses it a little bit. I know some people are still upset about the one thing that I think would be the most mainstream, which is hockey. NHL did not decide to break this time around for the Olympics. So you're not dealing with uh, many, many of the top players in the world, but uh, still competitive and interesting and hope people are enjoying that. All right, let's take an early break here. We're going to uh, work through some of Coach Beheim's comments from following the game yesterday. Uh, certainly, you're welcome to chime in if you'd like at 437-7644 ESPN44. If you have any questions or comments on Syracuse basketball, we'll hear Coach Beheim's thoughts on the 78-70 victory against Wake Forest. Get to Tom Wormy of the ACC Network in due time as well. On a Monday, this is In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Find us on the web at ESPNSyracuse.com. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Back in the booth, good to have you along with us. Tom Wormy of ACC Network and Raycom Sports will uh, join us in 
a bit. We had a caller who uh, did not want to come on the air asking a question about the uh, decision by the local uh, television outfit to switch off of the feed of the Syracuse basketball game to go to the Olympics uh, at 3 o'clock on Sunday, yesterday. Um, I'd actually forgotten that happened. Somebody I saw uh, tweeted about that when it happened at the time, and we can ask Tom about that. First of all, it's not his call. (laughs) He doesn't have anything to do with it, but you have the local station who's getting two separate feeds to them, and uh, it's their decision of which button to push. And if they got off the Syracuse basketball game for the Olympics, first of all, I find that astonishing. Second, uh, it may have even been automated. I wonder if that's a thing that's kind of uh, written to work that way at 3 o'clock based on uh, the way those things are set up, just like this radio station is set up in in some of the hours as well. And they lost, either lost or did not take manual control of it. But obviously NBC stations are obligated to carry X amount of the Olympics, and that is creating a crash. It's a mess. We're going to talk about the way the game was played. The way the game was played, there were uh, 39 free throws for Syracuse and four for Wake Forest. That's 53. That drags the game on. This was a long game so it went past that two-hour window typically the game would have been over by three o'clock but uh with that particular decision certainly if the local nbc affiliate here and i don't know i guess the game was probably on channel six not uh, channel three yesterday but uh that is a very questionable decision and i would try to give them the benefit of the doubt that their hands were tied uh, to go with NBC at that time, and they didn't have a choice because if you had any choice, it's a complete no-brainer to stick with the basketball because you're not missing much of the Olympics, and it wouldn't have been that long. We're only talking a matter of minutes, and, and you go over. Nobody here is uh, living or dying with whatever the, was going to be the first thing on at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time yesterday. And uh, you know the, the angry emails and letters and tweets you're going to get over being eight minutes late to figure skating – uh, that's a lot less to deal with than missing the end of a Syracuse basketball game that while the outcome wasn't truly in doubt right to the final minutes, it, it was close enough. It was only a, a bounce of the ball here or there away. Syracuse led by as many as 14 in the game, but it was also a two-point game late as uh, Wake Forest hit all those three. So let's get into that part of it with uh, Coach Beheim's comments from his post-game press conference yesterday. And number one, the bit that we just dealt with there Syracuse won the game in large part not because the orange shot free throws great if they shot them at their normal rate they would have won the game going away but 39 attempts at the line double digit attempts for three different players I don't think we've had problems We're, our field goal percentage defense is good our defense is good everybody's going to make shots some shots our field goal percentages are good defensive wise our scoring's down we don't have problems these are good players these are big game players Everybody we play has got guys that can make shots. Our our goal is to win the game. We won the game because we got to the foul line 39 times because we're driving the ball, making them commit fouls. That was in response, obviously, to the insinuation that Syracuse had a flaw defensively. The Orange are among the national leaders and have been throughout the year in field goal percentage defense. They allowed Wake Forest to make only 28% of its field goal attempts in the first half. They were 7 of 25, missed their first 10 threes, and hit one that was a bomb at the end of the half. In the second half, they were just on fire, the likes of which you haven't seen, and 
perimeter-oriented. At one point, hit actually seven consecutive three-pointers uh, with three players involved in the act, but they shot nearly 59% as a team in the second half. And I think this is the case where it was not so much a defensive breakdown for Syracuse, but the idea that good players are going to get hot at some point and uh, on balance, uh, not that you take these numbers every game for Syracuse, but on balance their defense obviously has been very good for the year. If we're going to give up some, we're going to give up twos. At the end of the half, at the last ten possessions, we gave up. We made them go inside. They got one lob. They threw it away twice. They missed two foul line jump shots. They blocked a shot. Got blocked. We stole one, and then they ran a bank running bank. That's what they did. Two for about ten. So we get them off the line and get them in there. That's what you try to do. We've, I've never seen anybody come in here in 42 years and make six in a row. Two different guys make six in a row. So it happens. And that's a, a – I don't think Coach Baham's going to use this expression, but that's a tip your cap. When when shots like that go in, you know, you're not in love with it, but uh, that's what's going to happen. That uh, The calculation of the defense is that that's not going to occur on a regular basis, and, and that's the, the calculation that's worked in their benefit to a great deal. You're trying to get – teams to take tough twos as opposed to open threes or in some cases even contested threes you'd rather have them take off balance uh two-point field goals even if those go in it's less points than if a three goes in and uh I thought the Syracuse defense was certainly adequate maybe better than that yesterday the orange offense of late has been this open the floor and take advantage of of your athleticism. Wake Forest has one of the biggest players in the league in uh, Doral Moore. He's 7'1", 280. He had 16 points, 16 boards yesterday. Uh, a lot of uh, lobs and dunks right at the rim. But outside of that, Wake Forest doesn't have a ton more size. Olivier Saar is a seven-foot Frenchman. He played six minutes. He's a Frenchman and a freshman. Fresh Frenchman. A French freshman. And... Uh, He's a perimeter-oriented player, really. He's a big dude. On defense, he's under the basket. But on offense, he's out on the wings. And so let's not even count him. And again, he played only six minutes. Wake doesn't have a ton of size. So Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, O'Shea Brissett are all bigger and or stronger than the people that are guarding them. So those guys went to the cup. They all had double-digit field goal attempts. They all had exactly four three-point attempts. And they all had double-digit free throw attempts, playing every minute, and uh, scoring the great majority of the points. They combined for 61 of Syracuse's 78 points on the day. So if you're looking to pick apart the stat sheet on most games for Syracuse, not a ton of assists. The Orange are among the national leaders, I guess trailers if you want to put it that way, least assists uh, per field goals. But uh, yesterday actually had a few more than usual. It's kind of an anomaly and that's a particular statistic where Syracuse is not going to thrive this year because of the way it's playing offense. We got some assists tonight. That's unusual. We don't usually get many because we're driving. Our assist comes on a missed shot, and the guy gets a rebound, puts it in. That's our assist. That's not technically an assist, of course, but uh, he gets you get the idea there where instead of passing the ball to Pascal Chuka with his back to the basket, they might drive in and drop it off to him. But typically the way Pascal's going to get the ball is off the offensive glass. He had four offensive rebounds yesterday of his 11 boards total and then uh, some close-in shot opportunities. For what it's worth, Frank Howard, though, did have nine assists yesterday, one of his best-ever career days 
in that department, turned it over just once in 40 minutes and also had five steals among the ACC leaders in steals throughout the season. So an outstanding floor game for Frank Howard. Now to the bench, which uh, was 21 minutes of action yesterday. Barama Sidibe warmed up. We got the feeling before the game uh, he would be uh, maybe somebody that could help Syracuse over the course of the game. Took uh, a little more in terms of the warm-ups. He was more athletic and involved prior to uh, tip-off yesterday. And indeed, he played 17 minutes, made both of his shots, four points, three rebounds. Uh, you put him in tandem with Pascal Chuku, and the center position was very good through 40 minutes. And Coach Beheim, uh without Matthew Moyer, who you'll hear his comments on in just a moment, needed something from Sidibe yesterday. I thought Barama was good. We rested him, got some treatment, and, uh, you know, I thought he was very, very good. He's not himself, but he's he gave us 17 really good minutes. If we can get that out of Pascal and him, 14 rebounds, 11 points, three, two or three blocks, That's that helps our team. In fact, uh, it was right there with the seven points, 14 boards, and four blocks total for uh, those players over a 40-minute period. Now, Matthew Moyer did not play. Moyer came out. He's normally, if he is going to play, one of the very first guys out on the court for warm-ups and didn't see him. And then when he did come out, it was in sweats and a boot on his left. It's been uh, well chronicled by now. And uh, you'll hear Coach Beheim's comments about how he went from practicing the couple of days prior to the game to not playing. He practiced. Says his ankle hurts. He looked fine in practice the last two days. He helped us against Louisville. He can't jump really off one leg, but I had bad ankles, and you, you go jump off two. But uh, his father came in and told him not to play, and I don't play somebody when they don't want to play. So that is uh, potentially going to be a lingering issue here. We'll see if that's something just goes away. Matt becomes well enough to play, and that's the last you, you hear of it. Or if uh, this is the kind of deal where um, it can't be overcome. Certainly not the first time that uh, Coach Beheim has dealt with a parent or dealt with an injury. And so I think we'll have to uh, hang on here just for a little bit and see what the next development is on this. It is uh, certainly a sticky situation for all involved. Uh, Our understanding is he's been cleared to play by the medical staff. Certainly had practiced. He wouldn't have practiced if he... Uh, wasn't cleared, and uh, there will be more to hear from in terms of Moyer. He'll either be ready to go on Wednesday night, available. Will he be available and used, available and not used? Uh, Will he be determined to not be healthy enough to go? Uh, Did he suffer a legitimate setback from the injury suffered in the Pittsburgh home game? Then he set out a game, then he uh, came back and uh, played just a couple of minutes, et cetera. So uh, that one is a to-be-continued as far as Moyer is concerned. But in his stead, Marek Dolajai, 36 minutes of action, played all right, six points, three boards. Braden Bayer, as we've been kind of foreshadowing for some time here, got a little bit of run yesterday with four minutes of action in uh, you know not just special situations or mop-up time. He was actually out there because they you know needed somebody that, could spell Dolajai a little bit. Not literally spell Dolajai because that's kind of hard. But to get out there and to give Dolajai a breather, it's not that hard when you really, once you know the the J-I thing, but D-O-L-E-Z-A-J. 
That's pretty hard, dude. Dole is right. You would, yeah, you wouldn't know that just by hearing it. But when, once you that, when you commit that one to, you make that initial observation. It's not hard to commit that one to memory if you're going to spell Dolezal. But Braden Bear, I think you'll see out there again. He, you know, is not a star player by any stretch. He's not going to go out and uh, win you the game. But I think he's not going to lose it for you. Going to move the ball around and and uh, and that type of deal. So wouldn't be surprised to see him play between one and five minutes in future games. The fact that I don't know if you noticed it that O'Shea Brissett had to come to his defense from Twitter trolls calling out his ability to play basketball on Twitter is embarrassing, em, embarrassing for Syracuse fans. That, I, that, I'm, on fan, Twitter, I'm on uh, Twitter a lot, but I, I tend not to get... Every, Twitter, as we know, is a, uh echo chamber, mm-hmm. and you get what you seek, and a lot of that gets affirmed. And fo- So if there's somebody dealing in this kind of conversation, I'm surprised that I missed it, but I somehow did, and I need you to film me. Just a, a fan calling out the fact that Bear shouldn't be playing, and why would Beheim put him in in that situation? He can't do anything to help the team. And O'Shea was like, dude, you know, enough. <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, it's interesting. You know what's incredible is how can you simultaneously have people who bleed for the non, like either the guys at the end of the bench, the guys who don't play, or, hey, they got to use the bench more or whatever, and then this guy, what was your alternative? Did you literally, you want to play five players for 40 minutes? Is that what you'd... Uh, Leads to believe, and you know, is he a Division One scholarship player? Is he a major conference player? No, he's not. Uh, not every guy. First of all, this is a program that's gone through scholarship restrictions and et cetera, which has been well chronicled. Um, I think when somebody has a role to go in for three or four minutes, it's not been passed off as anything other than that, right? He wasn't sent out there to uh, win the game or or to uh, be any great influence on this team he's a guy who's going out there to tread water and hold the place for a little bit while uh in this case Dolajai is getting a breather be Blake Bortles no turnovers well not even that Blake job. Bortles Blake Bortles is the starting just do your quarterback, job you no, know no mistakes right yeah as, as I said we don't need you to uh to win it just keep from losing it and and in Bayer's case he's not going to be responsible for wins or losses period but a guy that can go out there and uh, move the ball around and be one who digs up loose balls, and he's strong and physical uh, for his size, so he can hold his own in, in small doses. So uh, that's a couple of things that uh, went down yesterday. Coach Beheim's comments on that will sort of span the globe a little bit with Joe Salzone a bit later in the show with our Do We Care segment. When we come back, we'll visit with Tom Wormy of ACC Network and Raycom Sports. That's when we continue in the booth. You're listening to ESPN Radio Syracuse. Live from the dboffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM Syracuse. And 100.1 FM Oswego. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse, brought to you as always by Burdick Toyota and CH Insurance. You heard during the break the uh, Westwood One Olympics update there. Aaron Hamlin of Remsen, New York, not far away Involved in uh, luge competition after uh, a luge medal found its way to Saranac Lake yesterday as well with the uh, men's silver. Chris Madsen winning that, so uh, all good stuff. And uh, Madzur, I believe it is. And uh, now let's get back to basketball a little bit with our friend Tom Wormy of uh, Raycom Sports and ACC Network. Had the call of the uh, Winston or the uh, Wake Forest game yesterday, and uh, we'll stay here in town for the NC State game on Wednesday, the women's game against Duke. On Thursday, it's hashtag Wormy Week. Hello, Tom. How are you? 
<laughs> Matt, it's always great to be with you here in Syracuse. Good stuff. And uh, you're speaking to students uh, on your trip and up at Newhouse. We appreciate that uh, you're doing that too. So good to have you back. And how was your little walk around campus there? Just see anything exciting? I am still on campus. Right. I'm actually at the bookstore right now in search of something, maybe for my family, uh, to bring back to Fort Mill, South Carolina. But uh, it is so great to walk around campus and see how things have changed and stayed the same. You know, I went right to Carnegie Library to get a little studying in first. <laughs> and then I took uh, a around there? campus. And I'm pleased to see there's a Starbucks on the corner of Marshall Street, which is awesome. That would have been a pizza um, place when you were a student. Yes. Uh, Archie's? Was yes. that the name of the place? You got it. Very good. I, yep. I think it was Archie's, yeah, which I frequented. But uh, it's so great. You know, I graduated in 91. I've had a chance to come back on several occasions. But this is my uh, most extended stay, being able to do three games in uh, five or six days here. And it's just it's just awesome to be here and uh, to be a part of the broadcast at the Dome. Very good. Well, we'll get into uh, yesterday's game and your observations from around the uh, ACC here in a bit. But uh, we had a, a caller earlier in the show pointing out that yesterday was a bit of a, a Heidi moment a little bit. It sounds like the uh, local affiliate here switched off the game to get to the Olympics. I would imagine right at 3 o'clock. I don't know all the particulars of it i know you're not pressing those buttons but uh how does that all work no i, I certainly apologize um <laughs> on behalf of the network but again I, i'm not really sure what the what the um you know the responsibilities are of the local affiliate for the acc network and uh, as far as those things are concerned unfortunately they missed a fantastic finish that we didn't expect to have happen until wake forest started pouring in some three-pointers but i will tell you that showed uh, a lot of guts and resilience you know wake forest their record is not great, Matt, as we know, only two conference wins. But that's a pretty good team. They have been competitive in almost every single ACC game with Danny Manning as the head coach. You'd expect that. And that's a that's a very good win for the Orange at home. I mean, you, that shouldn't be underestimated because that Wake Forest team is good. They just, um, they're just having a little trouble finishing, and I think it's a great win for Syracuse. No doubt Syracuse could not afford to lose the game, that's for sure. They'd already lost the game in Winston against Wake Forest uh, back on January 3rd. Wake did beat Florida State at home, a team that Syracuse lost to on the road, and that's their only win since that Syracuse game. But if you look, outside of the very best teams they played, like they lost by 18 at Duke, they lost by only 10 at home to Virginia. If you take away their um, couple of you know blowouts to Duke, who's the second or third best team in the league, They've been right. right there. You know, every other game is uh, has been one up for the grabs. And, you know, and Manning, I would say, deserves a lot of credit. Now he's uh, way back in line for Coach of the Year. Uh, Tony Bennett, everybody knows how good he is. And he's gotten Virginia to number one for the first time since 1982. And Brad Brownell, who has gone from say, pretty close to being right fired yep. <laughs> to second place Brad, in the conference. So yeah. those are the only ones that really could be considered this year for Coach of the Year. And I'm not putting uh, Manning up for that by any stretch of the imagination but he really doesn't have a lot if you look like I I don't think you look at their roster and regardless of who you are in the conference and say that you would be trading your players for theirs at at most positions you know Um, and I think we we saw that over the long haul here yesterday it was a game where Syracuse was able to win because Syracuse's best players Frank Howard Tyus Battle O'Shea Brissett could get the job done and the focus was on them yeah, and the other thing that Coach Beheim said in his post-game news conference was, we got to the free-throw line. Did they get almost to the line almost 40 times, if I'm not mistaken? 39, yep. And, yeah, and they had gone um, 
almost 30 times against Louisville, too. So they're driving and getting to the line, which is, seems to be one of the key ingredients to victory. Uh, and I have been privileged to watch Tyus Battle play because the last game, the last Syracuse game I did before this one, Matt, was the game at Florida State. Now, it was a loss in double overtime for the Orange, but Battle went for 37 and made the three to get it into overtime. I mean, you know how that atmosphere was at Florida State. That is an awesome place to play at the Tucker Center, and that was uh, a great performance, not only by Battle, but the entire team. And then yesterday, he goes out there and, and hits for 34. Uh, I, maybe it's me. I don't know. Well, I, I hope it say, is, let... but his performances have been outstanding um, on the ACC network, and he's going to be on our air again on Wednesday, so we'll see what's in store. Yeah, you're, you're too modest. We're visiting with the Tom Wormy of, of ACC <laughs> Network. You say you've been privileged to, to watch Tyus battle. Well, all of us have been privileged to watch uh, Tyus throughout his two years in a Syracuse uniform, but I would say he has been privileged to have you calling yeah. his game on TV if he scored 71 points in the two games. I mean, that, yeah. he, he should yeah. be uh, sending a limo for you here on Wednesday night. Oh, I hope so. Now, I will say this. When I when I do an ACC Network game, I'm absolutely pulling for a good game and a great performance from both teams. Yes, I went to Syracuse, but when I call a game between ACC opponents, honestly, I forget about that, Matt. And I, I just focus on the players and the performances and the talented athletes up and down the rosters on these ACC teams. You know, not a lot of people gave Clemson a chance this year. They're doing it without Dante Grantham. Uh, their senior leader. Not a lot of people gave Boston College a chance. They're doing it with incredible backcourt, two guys from North Carolina and Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson. I did Jerome Robinson's game last Tuesday at Notre Dame. They lost the game, but uh, he went for 46 points. So, I mean, I, I cannot complain about my schedule and my walk through the ACC this season one bit. The uh, 46 points, an all-time record for a visiting player Isn't at the amazing? Joyce Center. Pretty good. Just, just, just amazing. And he is, I think if you asked people on the national landscape who Jerome Robinson is, they might have, they might confuse him with Justin Robinson from Virginia Tech, but there's no confusing him within the circles of the ACC because he is a, he is a star. He is a national. He leads the conference in ACC scoring. I mean, and what Jim Christian has been able to do with that do with that program has has been exceptional. That's why when Coach Bayheim says people try to differentiate from game to game, and all he ever says is that's the way it is in the ACC, and he's a thousand percent right. You're absolutely right. Uh, talking about Boston College, they beat Miami, a team that Syracuse will play on the weekend. I know you had them recently. Yeah, I did that base. game. Yep, yeah, they came can... back and scored the last nine points of regulation, Matt, to win that game. Yep. Uh, so BC over Miami, seventy-two. 70 BC next plays Pittsburgh. So they take that long conference losing streak on the road that they have a long road uh, losing streak, more than 20 games going to Pitt where they haven't beaten anybody and likely won't. So uh, there's a chance for that streak to uh, end there. NC state has, and that's the team we'll see here in the dome Wednesday. And you'll have that game, Tom for yeah. ACC network along with Dan Bonner. Um, they, they are a head scratching team. You know, the, the, gimmick here of putting out the top 16 seeds for the NCAA tournament that uh, CBS and NCAA did yesterday. NC State has the same conference record as Syracuse, 6-6, six and six, but they've got four wins against those teams. They've beaten Duke, Carolina, Clemson, and Arizona. Yeah, they uh, their performances this season um, have been incredible. Kevin Keats in his first year 
I got to do one of their games earlier in the season, a non-conference game, and we chatted a little bit. You know, he was he was reserved in his expectations, but they had already beaten Arizona early in the season as a number two, and then followed up with when they beat, beat Clemson as a ranked team. They beat North Carolina. They beat Duke. So um, it's just been uh, an amazing season for them, uh, unable to hold serve at home against North Carolina most recently. But that's, of course, Carolina coming off a win against Duke, and that's the kind of win that can just change your season because they had lost a couple of games prior to that. And, you know, just go back to the beginning of the of the ACC schedule, Matt, if you will, on December 9th with Boston College hosting Duke. Who gave Boston College a 1% chance in that game? Right. And that's the way the season started. We should have known right then and there what kind of season we were in for in the ACC when BC upset Duke. No question. That's why they play the games. And yep. uh, that's why we have the, the great drama. Looking forward to it on uh, Wednesday night, which is a game where yeah, you could say NC State, you could argue, is the better team or has had the better season, but still Syracuse is going to be uh, pressured to win that game. You, you've got to win these toss-up games at home to get where you want to get, and if the Orange uh, do win that one, in fact, either way, the winner will be 7-6 uh, and six in uh, ACC play and put them on the upper half of the bubble as we start to think about Huge, uh, not yeah, only the bubble, absolutely. but uh, what I mean to say is above uh, 500 in the conference and uh, means you'd be favored in your first conference tournament game as we uh, start to think about Brooklyn. Selection Sunday, four weeks from yesterday, by the way. So four four weeks from today, people are going to be penciling in their brackets and talking about which of the regions is toughest and who got (laughs) snubbed and and, and that type of thing. And uh, certainly around these parts, uh, when Syracuse is a bubble team, as it has been uh, for the last uh, little bit here, that makes for uh, interesting talk radio and and exciting discussions. Last thing, uh, what can you tell us about Miami, Tom, a team you just saw recently? Syracuse will catch them on the weekend, and uh, Coach Laranega, who himself is on the mend a little bit, has had to uh, adjust due to some injury there. Yeah, well, we were certainly scheduled to speak with him prior to the game, as he always does. He's so gracious with his time, and he wasn't feeling well enough to even speak with us before the Boston College game. So he did not coach. Chris Caputo, his longtime assistant, was the head coach there. So his status, I don't know what his status will be, Matt, in the coming days. I can tell you that Perhaps their most talented player, Bruce Brown, is still on the bench with, with a leg injury, with an ankle injury, and he was a guy who really wanted to be a part of that game against Boston College. He's originally from Boston and went to Vermont Academy for his prep ball, so he was unable to play. But, you know, Miami has a lot of talented guys. This guy, uh, I think I think that fans really take to him, no matter what team you like. His name is Chris Likes. Yeah, incredible, right? And he's, yeah, he's 5'7". Um, and and as Brian Oliver said, um, Georgia Tech great Brian Oliver, who I got to work with, he said that might be a little generous, which is totally fine because Chris Lights can hold his own out there. He's moved into the starting lineup. Um, Miami made a couple of changes. Jaquan Newton, they moved him uh, to the bench, so he's been coming off the bench and doing quite well also. I mean, there's, there's really Miami had a great chance to win that game against Boston College and let it slip away with a couple of late turnovers. BC hit their free throws as they do, and there was a late foul, and Kai Bowman was able to make a couple of free throws. But Miami is an ultra-talented team. Uh, they've got a lot of great players. Uh, Dewan Hewell inside. Um, they've just got some guys who can run up and down the floor, athletes you know, up and down the roster as we see in the ACC. So they're a good team, and they've, they've you know, got, got good wins. And, uh, but you just don't know. You don't know in the ACC, no matter who's playing who. Now, Pittsburgh, I understand they have won a conference game, and 
you know, maybe they get a pass because they're starting all freshmen and they've had, they've had such a young team. And even the guy with experience, Ryan Luther, is going to miss the rest of the season. He's been out with a leg injury. So, but Miami, they're like, maybe they're like Florida State. They're like NC State. You know, it's such a logjam in the middle of that group uh, in the ACC as we move towards Brooklyn. But it's, it's just, it's, it's so great. And I'm so lucky, Matt, to be part of this conference and to watch these athletes play, these student-athletes play every night. You know it. It's uh, exciting stuff, and uh, we're looking for another good one. Uh, it'll be a little bit of a waiting game come Wednesday with a 9 o'clock uh, tip. So Yes, cool. yeah, a li- little later, a <laughs> little different schedule, but uh, hopefully they'll pack the dome again and we'll have a great broadcast, and I can't wait to see my, my good friend Dan Bonner also. That's right. Well, you guys can uh, have a great night. We're looking forward to it uh, as everybody is around town with uh, another – Carrier Dome game. They're running out for this uh, 2018 season. So, Tom, thanks for the time. We'll see you in the Dome on Wednesday, if not before, okay? Matt, thanks so much. It's always great to talk to you, buddy. Love it. Thank you. That's Tom Wormy of Raycom Sports and ACC Network. More to come. We'll wrap the show with Joe's moments of Dewey careness coming up in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. The Cruncher in Utica this Valentine's Day to take on the Utica Comets Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Countdown of Crunch Time starts at 6.45. Puck drop at 7 on ESPN Radio. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Here's Joe Salzone. Former Major League pitcher Esteban Loaiza remains in jail on felony drug charges. Loaiza was arrested Friday in San Diego on charges of possessing over 20 kilograms of heroin and cocaine with the intent to sell. He last pitched in 2008. He's uh, being held on $200,000 bail and is due in court on Wednesday. I think it was worth doing that just to see if uh, he could pronounce Loaiza correctly. I got excited. I did a fist bump. I wrote, uh, wrote it on my notes here. Look at you. Uh it's a brand new week. <laughs> I, I just am blown away by this stuff. You know, when I'm uh, doing game prep and stuff at home, the things I put on TV are uh, lately off Netflix are either drug lords or dirty money. And this is like both of those. This is both, yeah. Why would a guy, and maybe he's down to his last dollar, I doubt it, but if you have enough money to buy this stuff in the first place or to have it or to steal it or to cheat your way to it, uh, to sell it, we talked about he made $40 million as a pitcher in the majors you live in san diego why would you do anything to screw that up like i, I just this just blows me away uh, obviously there's a rush that people get from dealing in this kind of stuff but uh that's sad uh, and uh people go sideways for all different reasons i guess a South Korean ice dancer almost had a wardrobe malfunction during the Winter Olympics. Yura Min and her partner were doing their routine Sunday when Min noticed the clasp on her back was undone. Min says she was terrified and was not able to perform the entire routine. Yeah, I would say it actually was a wardrobe malfunction, not almost. It was. The rest of it seems like a bit of an overstatement. She seemed to be bothered by it, tried to fix it, and I think went on with the routine. In fact, I've seen the replays of that or seen it pointed out a couple times. I can't tell exactly what all went wrong. I think there's just sort of a clear strap that kind of came loose. I'm sure it was distracting more than anything else, which uh, is enough for what they're doing, ice dancing, figure skating, the level of concentration they have uh, to do that before you get to the athleticism and balance and agility and everything else is incredible. Do you lose points or gain points from the judges if you're well, you, she, lo- she loses because I think whatever her next, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it maneuver or 
compulsory well, trick. She with, she, she but she, I think she botched the next one or didn't do it full out uh, because <laughs> she was uh, distracted or whatever. Thanks, Beavis. I would have. Uh, I'd give extra points if they were performing topless. The Russian judge yeah, gives I a 10. I don't think you're exactly cut out to be a <laughs> finger, figure skating judge. And a Southern New Hampshire University professor has been fired for almost failing a student who said Australia is a country. The professor apparently did not believe the student, this is a true story, who has since gotten a refund for the class, the professor given a pink slip. Wow. Syracuse played Southern New Hampshire in basketball, remember, at the start of the year. That is a school that has a large uh, online presence and maybe not a great vetting system for who they have teaching. Dewey Cares brought to you by Cam's Pizzeria. Cam's Love at First Slice. All right, new week. Let's see if I can trash this when you're going to stand on the way again. Makes it tough. That's all I was going to say. On a Monday, let me get off to a good start. In his defense, it is Swish. a continent also. Yes. <laughs> that must have been his argument, right? Professor Sibilia. <laughs> uh, Brent Axe coming up later, right? Daniel Baldwin next. I want to see if Brent has a take on this Doug Gottlieb deal where he has uh, come out and talked about his missteps as a, a college player on uh, The Athletics. So do check that out if you have time. More coming up as we continue on ESPN Radio Syracuse.